0: hey guys welcome to the fellowship greenville students podcast this week we look at a warning james has for the rich and what it means for all of us when it comes to material possessions follow along and we hope you enjoy this message so we have made it to the fifth and final chapter as jb needs a wave on the front row, we've made it to the fifth and final chapter of the book of James. Can you guys believe it? And uh, I kind of made a decision. We, we could have cut James short, admittedly. We could have been done before Christmas even, but I, I kind of really wanted, hey, it's only five chapters. Let's just go through, through all of it. And so this, uh, this section or this passage, admittedly, it's the first six verses of chapter five, is one that you might say, hey, if there was one, you probably could have cut that one uh, because it has to do with money and being rich, and things like that. And you might say, well, middle schoolers don't have much money, but, uh, but maybe there's some things that we can take away from this passage. In fact, I think there are. So hopefully that's, uh, that's what we're gonna talk about today. So you can go ahead and turn into your Bibles to James chapter five, um, or uh, remember, it's, it's always gonna be on the screen for you. As you do that, though, or as you're kinda getting your mindset for the message, hopefully not closing your eyes or anything like that, uh, I, I see some of you when you even can't see me, because you're asleep. Some of you know how to sleep with your eyes open. It's incredible. Um, so who in here is, you would say like, I'm a regular watcher of the YouTube. Anyone a regular watcher of YouTube? A few of you, any of you? Will you raise your hand? Okay, somewhat, somewhat. Maybe some of you are like, I mean, I watch YouTube videos. How many of you watch YouTube videos? Does anybody watch? Okay, but maybe a few more of your hands. Okay, does anybody have like a favorite YouTuber? Raise your hand. I'm not yet asking for who that person is, okay, so just raising your hand, you have favorite YouTubers, okay, now I'm asking, who are some of your favorite YouTubers, and don't just give me a name, okay, if you're raising your hand, but also give me a little of, like, and here's what they do, okay, unless somebody already has said your favorite YouTuber, yes, my man in the middle here, so good, yeah, we know Dude Perfect, Dude Perfect, they do trick shots and stuff, one of the biggest YouTube channels on the planet, yes, James, Mark, Ro- Mark Rober, Is it- that's the NASA guy, right? Yeah, okay. He's like NASA, worked for NASA, and now does these crazy, sends potatoes to space, as one does, right? Anybody else in this section got a favorite YouTuber? Going once, going twice, all right. Ninja, nice, thank you for that, Trey. Uh, Ninja plays video games and makes uh, obscene amounts of money doing so. Yes, sir. Mr. Beast, and what does Mr. Beast do? He just gives away money. Nice, Isaac in the back. Dono Media. Donut Media. What does Donut Media do? Make car videos. Okay, nice. Uh, they they don't make donut videos or something. Any uh, ladies? Ladies? Any favorite YouTubers? Yes. Okay, and what does she do? Nice. That's in line with what you want to do in the future, right? Don't you want to work with animals or something? Nice. I love that. Okay. Anybody else? Ladies? Favorite YouTuber? just thumbs up or clicking pen pen pen, pencil you can't really I guess you can click a mechanical pencil okay uh yeah two more from boys and then we'll then we'll uh we'll move on yeah you watch dream and what does dream do young man (laughs) he doesn't even know he plays minecraft okay nice it's a southern thing okay what is what is that channel about Okay, are they all Southern food dishes? Okay, probably the videos are around. If it's called It's a Southern Thing, then uh, then maybe they do Southern things. Maybe some of you girls didn't wanna raise your hand because you watch, I don't know, makeup tutorials or something like that. Anybody? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I don't know, maybe you don't really have a favorite YouTuber. So here's uh, where we're going this morning. Somebody actually said it, and I can't move that mic, so I'm sorry if I'm like having... Going this way around the mic. Oh, wow. Nice uh, lighting effect right there. So, we're really setting the mood in here for this final chapter of the book of James. Chapter 5. Here's where uh, we're going is, somebody said, I think it was Gage, Mr. Beast, okay, is uh, arguably the biggest YouTuber in the world right now, okay? This guy, he does... I mean, he's got a ton of subscribers. There's technically other YouTube channels that have more subscribers than Mr. Beast, okay? But as far as like a single person goes, as far as I know, he's the the, uh, single largest subscribed to YouTube channel. Mr. Beast does crazy challenges where he puts like, 10 million Orbeez in a pool and stuff like that. He plays hide and go seek with other YouTubers in the Dallas Cowboys football stadium. Uh, he does this thing where it's like, hey, the last person to not touch the Lamborghini in the more gets the Lamborghini and a million dollars, right? He does all these things. That's my best impression of uh, Mr. Beast. He does all these things, and uh, admittedly, like his his videos, the first thing uh, it it starts off with is always like, "Here's what we're doing today," and it's always something crazy, and it makes you have to not just want to, but now I have to watch the rest of this guy's video. He's like mastered YouTube, and this is this is a picture of him, giving a little side eye side eye grin right there. Maybe you've seen him. Mr. Beast also, like I have a lot of respect for this guy. He's made tons and tons of money from his YouTube videos, but he's also, seems to be somebody who is generous with the money that he's made from his YouTube videos. He uh, either kind of gives away all the money. In fact, some of his videos are, hey, we're giving away a house today. Hey, we're giving away a million dollars today, which is kind of interesting, and entertaining, giving away. Yeah, there's probably some some, uh, admitted quotations around it, but seems like a good dude, seems like a fun guy. Uh, He's actually estimated, his worth right now is estimated at about a billion dollars, not just because of his YouTube, but that's a large part of it. But he also has this like Mr. Beast burger thing where I don't know if you realize this, but he's got an app you could pull up on a phone right now. And uh, if you're in radius of one of these Mr. Beast burgers, which is, it's like, hey, here's a a mom and pop burger place over here, but they also make Mr. Beast burgers out of the kitchen of this place and they'll have the burgers delivered to you. Like he's got hundreds of Mr. Beast burgers around the country, Uh, he's got candy bars, he's got merchandise, he's got all this stuff that has made him not just the biggest YouTuber and subscriber count, but also the first YouTuber to be uh, valued or estimated net worth at a billion dollars, okay? I told you we were talking about money this morning. And here's the deal. <clears throat> I don't think that it's wrong that Mr. Beast has made a bunch of money. Like, hopefully, as long as he hasn't done it in the wrong ways, which is some of what we're talking about this morning, I don't think it's wrong that he's wealthy. I don't think it's wrong that he's built these businesses. Uh, but here's, here's where I think it gets tricky, And maybe it gets tricky for Mr. Beast and he feels this tension. But here's where I think specifically for us, it gets tricky. Is Mr. Beast isn't the only one to do this where his videos, one of the reasons they're big and crazy is because of how expensive the things are that he's interacting with or how much money he's giving away. And if we're not careful, the things that we consume, the stuff that's put in front of us can actually bring us to a place. And I've I've gotten there myself. Maybe I'm the only one in the room but it can bring us to an unhealthy relationship with money and wealth and stuff in this world. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever watched one of these videos and then you turn off afterwards and like for the next few days or maybe even weeks, you're just like stuck on, oh man, what if I had that, insert whatever it was, that much money, if I was able to have that car one day, if I had that house that my favorite YouTuber or, or celebrity or whoever it is, has, if I, if I could just live that life and have that, because ultimately what it comes down to, well, most of the time when we say have that life is like, we would like that stuff. Like, I wanna, I wanna be that person. I wanna have what they have. And this is where it's no wonder Jesus, the most common thing that he talked about, the thing he talked about more than anything, it wasn't heaven or hell It wasn't even like loving your neighbor. It actually was money. The thing that Jesus talked about the most, if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, the thing he talked about the most when he was walking on this earth was money, finances, wealth, because he knew how easily our hearts and minds were drawn to and attached to those things. And if we're not careful, we can get there too, even... And maybe you can't relate, maybe you're not old enough, but I think you are, even as a middle schooler. Because I know some of you, maybe you're like my family, where my family, we never were wealthy. We never were. In fact, we always struggled to make ends meet, and I knew about it. Like, my, my parents, for better or worse, had some of those conversations in front of me, and I knew that my family was struggling. And so when I would see, and YouTube wasn't really a thing when I was in middle school, but when I would see some of my friends or celebrities who were living a life and It seemed like, man, they always had smiles on their faces and their parents could always provide all the things they needed and more. I was like, man, I wish that that could be me and I'd get caught up in, hey, what if I was like that one day? What if I was wealthy? And I would attach myself to these ideas and these pursuits of trying to gain stuff. Or maybe you're on the other side where you you actually do come from a well-off family. You're like, well, I don't really think about being rich because I am rich, baby. I'm (laughs) diving into gold coin bathtubs, right? Like, But but maybe you have attached yourself in a different way where that has become a full part of who you are. Your identity is in the things that you have that other people don't. And maybe you use that actually as like a status symbol for yourself, as a way to assert yourself over somebody else, as a way to better yourself or make yourself at least look better to the people around you, the people you interact with and that's not a great thing either. So we're gonna actually see how James talks about wealth, how he talks about money, and maybe how we ought to, even, yes, as a middle schooler, and I know you're like, I, but, but even that money is my parents, and it's a long way off until I have my own. Yeah, but I think that there's patterns and, and things that you guys can start stepping into right now that will set up a different kind of trajectory for your future maybe than the one you are currently on. So let's see, we're gonna read through the first six verses and uh, then we're gonna probably come back and camp on it a little bit. I feel like, am I in the dark back there? Are you trying to brighten me up? Uh, Chapter five, verse one says, "'Come now, you rich, and weep and howl "'for the miseries that are coming upon you. "'Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten.'" you have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not uh, resist you. So if you look, probably most of you, if you have your Bible open, there's actually a title above these six verses that says something along the lines of warning to the rich. And that's what James is doing here. He's giving a warning to people who have wrapped up their lives in stuff, the stuff that they have. And, And they've been doing it in an unhealthy way and James is saying hey you may not experience this here on earth but there's coming a day he talks about the, the day of the Lord there's coming a day where the Lord will deal with you if this is how tightly you hold on to the stuff of this world so it's a warning to the rich it's a warning to people who have a lot and here's a news flash even though I just said that there's Two ends of the spectrum in this room. There's maybe those who feel like you don't have much and your parents are just getting by, making ends meet. There's other folks in here who you know, like your parents and your family are well off. The truth is, all of us in here, and maybe you've heard it before, maybe to the point where it's like, oh, come on, but really? But yes, all of us in here, if you've got food on the table for at least two meals a day, if you've got a roof over your head, if you've got clothes in your closet, that some of which you can't remember the last time you wore that shirt, and every time you see it, you're like, mm, nah, right? You just pass. If, if, if you are, are somebody in this world who is living a, a standard American lifestyle, you are richer than about 98% of the people in this world. I know for some of us, it feels like it more than others, but that's the truth. And so here's the deal. We all can get caught up in this consumeristic, materialistic American mindset of it's about having things, and holding tightly to them for as long as we can. All of us are guilty. And all of us ought to heed this warning. Hey, the Lord will deal with you. The Lord will deal with how you've treated and held on to your stuff. So how have the rich held on and treated their stuff? Verse one says, come now you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. This is the warning. Why is the warning coming? Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Here's one of the kind of three things that James seems to be warning uh, warning towards, like the people are doing this and so he's warning them, is that they've, they've gathered, gathered all of this stuff for themselves. To do what? Just to hold it tight. Just to have it. Just to gather and not share just to better themselves up maybe prop themselves up but here's what he says is that all none of these things are eternal all of these things the clothes in your closet or in your drawers will be moth eaten like they'll get holes in them all the stuff that you have can corrode and can rust and can can just become destroyed over time none of these things last and here's what you've chosen rich folks or Person who has put all of your your life or your, your grasp on material things, you've chosen to hold on to things that don't last instead of investing and holding on to and working on and moving towards the things that are eternal. He's warning the rich, saying, Hey, you've done all this for nothing. For nothing. Do you ever find yourself in that mindset? Right, man, if I can just get all this stuff and have all this stuff for me, then maybe I would be better off than I am now or be happier than I am now. or Maybe that's when I'll actually start following the Lord, when all these things are in order. James says, no, those things don't last. Put your life, invest yourself into things that do. Verse four says, behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, they are crying out against you and the cries of the harvesters, have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Verse five, you have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. Maybe that's a, a new insult you need to throw at somebody. You fatten your hearts in the day of slaughter. Uh, verse six, you have condemned and murdered the righteous person, he does not resist you. Here's number two, the thing that, uh, that the people that James is warning, here's what they're doing. is not only are they gathering things up for themselves, But here's how they've gotten rich. And this is something that I think you can decide right now, I'm not going to do that. Is they've lied, cheated, stealed, and even killed to get to that point. They've gotten wealthy in a dirty, wrong way. They've gathered things up for themselves. And if that wasn't bad enough, how they've done it is not in any way glorifying to the Lord. And you guys know we don't have to go far to see people who are in business, who've made a lot of money, who people have a lot of questions about how exactly they got that rich or they got to the top. You don't have to go far to see stories of now some of those people and their, their quote unquote empires that they've built are just crumbling around them because they've, they've built it in a, in a dirty, sinful way. James is saying, hey, if that's you, God sees you. He sees how you're doing business. There's going to come a time when he's going to deal with that. And the other piece of what he's saying here is that, hey, in the gathering of stuff up, here's what you've done. You've fattened yourself up. It's like, it's like a cow who, it, the day of slaughter is coming for this cow. The cow will be turned into some tasty steaks, amen? And the cow just keeps eating and keeps fattening itself up and keeps making some juicier steaks for us. And in a weird word picture, James is saying, hey, you who are wealthy... You've just been self-indulgent. You've just been getting all this stuff for yourself, just fattening yourself up for the day of slaughter, for the day that's coming when the Lord will deal with you. And the more things you keep adding to yourself, the more you keep filling up your storehouses, your closets, your, your homes, the more that the Lord is going to have to deal with you when it comes to those things. So, not good to be, Somebody who's wealthy, right? Or maybe we need to say it this way, because I don't think that that's actually true. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. Maybe you're like, what? It doesn't. 1 Timothy actually tells us this, that the love of money is the root of all evil, it's when you, you put your, your identity and your all and, hey, the purpose of my life and the things that I want to grasp and hold on to tighter than anything, when you love money, that's when you become the people that James is warning about being wealthy, about being rich. When that's all that you've built your life on and your identity on and your hopes and dreams on, that's when it becomes a problem. So the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what James is warning against. These people have clearly made money, their love, their number one priority, the place they find their identity and security and their hope, and maybe they're hoping that they've found their eternity in it, but that's not the case. So what do you guys do? How, how do you fight against this? How do you push back on this? Well, I've got two questions for you, and the first one is just this. Where in your life, where in my life, are we holding too tightly to material things? Where are we holding too tightly to wealth? Like, maybe, actually, is there something in your life that is something you interact with every single day that's actually a material possession? And if you lost that thing, or if it broke, or if somebody took it away from you, you know that there would be a lot of anger and hurt and pain, and you would do everything you could to try to get that back. Is there something, maybe one thing that you're holding too tightly to? Are there hopes and dreams? Like maybe when, when we were talking earlier about YouTubers and influencers, maybe there's people that you see that you're like, man, I just, I want my life to be like that so bad. And so right now you're already trying to set your life up, and it's not wrong to be an influencer, and again, it's not wrong to be wealthy, but when that becomes your sole pursuit, are you holding too tightly to it? Is it actually changing you for the worse because you've placed your identity in these things that really aren't worth placing your identity in? Are you holding too tightly in the, in the reality that, that maybe your family is better off? Or are you holding too tightly in like, oh man, maybe, maybe this is just my lot and, and, and we're just gonna be poor for the rest of my life. Like, are you holding too tightly to your financial status, period, period? because that's not what God has called us to do either. He's called us simply to trust in him, to go after what's eternal, to hold tighter to him than anything else. What are you holding tightly to when it comes to material things, and is it time to let that thing go, to share it, to give it away, to consider, hey, is this actually something that God's called me to pursue in the first place? And then here's the final question, and we'll wrap up and go to small groups, is what are some ways that right now you guys, instead of gathering things for yourself, instead of lying, cheating, stealing to get them, instead of self, being self-indulgent, what are some ways that you guys right now in middle school can actually be generous? Generosity is, is giving things away. You know, when I was in middle school, I, I made it a point. Me and some of my friends, when we were in seventh or eighth grade, we started to be on the chair crew downstairs. That's right, baby. We were one of the first chair crews. You're like, what's the chair crew? I'm glad you asked. What we used to do is in Auditorium One, we would clear every Sunday, we would clear every single chair out of Auditorium One because there were some guys during the week who played basketball and played uh, volleyball when we had courts that we could put up in there. Uh, And so we we cleared them every single Sunday. And then on Thursdays, we'd come back after school, uh, Thursdays or Fridays, and we would set the whole thing back up. And we got paid, I'm not kidding, like eight bucks an hour to do this thing. And had like four hours hours of work, okay? So it was nothing. It was it was not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. But here's what I decided because I knew that my family finances had been a problem and I knew that my heart was prone to say if only I could get a lot of money, maybe things would be okay. But I also knew that hey, God's actually called me to give the first of everything that I get to him when it comes to finances. It's called the tithe in the scriptures. And uh, it's, just, it's just a saying of like, hey, Lord, I'm gonna give you the first bit and trust you to take care of the rest. I'm gonna give you the first bit and be reminded every time I do that that you are faithful, that you're gonna provide for me, and that if I don't have something, it's because I don't need it. And so when I was in seventh, eighth grade, right where you guys are seating, sitting, I decided, seating. Maybe I need to be on that Southern YouTube channel you mentioned, Caleb. Uh, right where you guys are sitting, I made a choice. Hey, I'm going to give 10% of every bit of money that comes in, and I can honestly say that every paycheck that I've gotten from that point forward, that's been the move. It's 10% always to the Lord. From the time I was 13, 14 years old, I made this decision. This is not to brag and boast of myself, but for me, this was a way that I said, hey, and as a middle schooler, I'm gonna be generous. So do you guys mow lawns? Do you get, get money for doing chores? Do you babysit? Do you, whatever it is, when you guys start to do some jobs that are paying you some sort of money, what if one way for you to be generous is to first give back to the Lord? And it doesn't have to be 10%. Maybe you decide it's five or three or whatever the number is for you. We could talk about that at some other point. But the, the point is, what are ways that you guys, as middle schoolers, can be generous? Do you have things that you can share with other people? Maybe it's not material things. Maybe it's just your gifts. There's all kinds of ways to be generous, and maybe you can talk about more of them in your small groups, but I wanna get you thinking on what is it that God has given you, has gifted you uniquely with, and what are some ways that you can share it with others? Let me pray for us. Father, thanks for this passage that, I don't know, maybe maybe we shouldn't have gone through it, but I think for somebody or somebody's in this room, God, you, you had us going through these six chapters in the book of James because we need to start thinking like this in our minds, to be people who don't hold so tightly to the things of this world, but we hold tightly to you and the things of your kingdom, the things that are eternal. And that changes how we interact with the things of this world. So Father, I just I pray right now that it would start in the hearts of these middle school students in here and maybe rise up in some of the hearts of our leaders. We wanna be people who are generous, not people who are like the wealthy that James describes here. Help us to reflect your generosity to the world. Give us fun ideas of what that looks like, even now as a a 12, 13, 14-year-old. We love you. Father, we pray some of these things would get discussed in small groups. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.